Don't worry, this week's podcast will not be political at all. But it will be about teachers and substitutes uniting for a common cause. It's episode 21, Substitute Teachers Lounge. All right, welcome to episode 21 of Substitute Teachers Lounge podcast. It's been a good week, but a short week for me. I actually only subbed for three days this week. I think I mentioned to you that it was election day on Tuesday. There was a uh, governor's race in the state of Kentucky, and also I took Friday off to go to the Kentucky Volleyball State Championships in that's located in Louisville, and those were the reasons I had a short week this week, but it was one of my best weeks. I really enjoyed it. My uh, first day I was at a high school and with an exceptional children's class, and that went absolutely fantastic. Uh, three of the classes I had solo with some help, and that went great. I got to know those kids very well, and I also collaborated with a science teacher for two of the other periods, so I really enjoyed that. And then the second day I substituted this week, it was basically half of the students that I had for nine weeks as a long-term sub last year. So it's the first time I had them this year. So it was kind of like a reunion. I enjoyed that day quite a bit. And then my last day of the week, it was actually back with what I've told you is my favorite student group that I've had so far as substituted. It was the sixth grade group at a middle school that I enjoy going to. And so uh, that's uh, that worked out great for me this week. I also want to mention that I posted this week on our Facebook Substitute Teachers Lounge page two things, a poll briefly talking about the possibilities that I mentioned to you about podcast networks and some affiliate marketing type things. So feel free to go there and vote. That's gone well. But even better, I started posting some subjects that I would like to interview some of you guys for, and I'm getting emails back. So I'm going to do that very soon. And I will also tell you that I've also got this. uh, It's actually the day that this podcast is released, uh, Sunday. November 10th, 2019, I actually have an interview set up with two students. I know you guys enjoy those. These will be two students that are now in the seventh grade. And I always like to remind you that I do have their parents' permission for that. We're actually going to conduct it at a church building. So we'll have some privacy there. And we're going to talk to them a little bit about how substitutes affect them when they're teaching them long terms because it's two of the students I had to teach long term for nine weeks last year so I'm really excited to for that but I'm really excited about the emails that you guys have been sending me be patient with me I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can with some sample questions that I hope just lead to stories and then we can just stick on the stories and throw the questions away because those are the type of interviews that I'm really shooting for and I'll have to say that I think you all will agree with me that the phrase I say most often on this podcast is 
that type of thing. And I'm not going to stop doing it. It's just part of my language. Maybe we should start an over and under contest to see how often I say it in this week's episode sometime. So maybe we can have some fun with that. I did some goofy things this week. I was in a science class. And of course, I looked at a a bin that was hanging from the wall and referred to it as a Google storage center. Well, of course, then I opened the door and I saw the goggles and realized it was an actually a goggle storage center. So embarrassed myself a little bit like that, but you know, I got a good laugh out of the class. They hopefully thought maybe I was just doing that on purpose, but that wasn't the case at all. And then also one of the phrases I heard hang or saw hanging on the wall at one of the schools was, I'm not even going to mention the subject because I don't want to insult the ones that teach this subject, but it they basically had a banner hanging on the wall that said, come in this classroom, we're making the mundane exciting. And I said, well, that's kind of a clever little phrase. So hopefully maybe sometimes on this podcast, I can make the mundane, mundane exciting and we'll go from there. Today's topic, uh, let me start out by saying this. I want to assure you that I am not trying to get into a political discussion of any kind. And that's because I'm not smart enough to do that. I don't consider myself political at all. I never vote. I'm sure that you realize that I tend to be a little conservative, and but I would not say that I never vote purely Republican all the time, and I never not vote Democratic because I consider them because I, I don't, you know, I, I don't necessarily consider them liberal. I don't follow the strict party lines, and I kind of vote the way I want to vote. But I say all that to say this: it was kind of a groundbreaking week in Kentucky, and we'll get into that a little bit. And I want to talk about it from the power of teachers and how they came together, unite to unite. And I want you all to hear some of the things that have just happened the last few months in the state of Kentucky. No, it's not Peyton Place for those of you that know what that old show was, but there's part of it that might make you feel that way. So let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, Kentucky tends to be a conservative state. They typically vote in a conservative fashion. It's it's really kind of strange because the majority of the people in the state are actually registered as Democrats, but they tend to vote Republican in most, or I should say conservatively, in most of the elections. So keep that tucked away in the back of your mind as we're discussing some of these things. The last presidential election, as a matter of fact, our state was 57 percent on the conservative side. So we were one of the highest states in that regard. And again, I'm not saying, you know, that was right or wrong. I just want you to know some facts. I, you know, I'm not going to make a whole lot of political discussions because, again, I said I'm not smart enough to do that. If I do some things to help the episode. I'm going to share some quotes that will kind of see, let you know where we are. And I have made sure I've copied them down word for word. And I'm not going to interject any opinions here. I, again, am just going to show you the power of teachers and the substitute teachers that came together in the state of Kentucky. And how maybe that will inspire others, not necessarily to get politically involved, but just when you have a common goal to come together, unite, help each other out. Uh, we're all in this together. You know, we as teachers or even subs, we don't agree all the time. It's kind of like the 
brother sister relationship you know you you fight among brothers and sisters but then when somebody else picks on your brother and sister you're probably one of the first ones to take up for them so we'll talk about it from that respect now i have always heard that some of the teacher situations in our state has actually been made nationally known i don't know that for sure i don't really care i mean again you got to remember that you're you know this I am somebody that doesn't even watch the news anymore because I don't want to see the bick or hear the bickering. I've got a nice friend in St. Louis that keeps up with all that kind of stuff, shares with me things that are important, and I'm glad I've got him out there. We've been best friends with with them from ever since the '80s, from when we left leaving St. Louis, still vacation with them in the summer. I get all my uh, advice in that regard from him. But there has been some things going on in Kentucky. Basically, four years ago, uh, the governor that was leaving office, the governor, one of the governors or one of the candidates that was running for governor at that time accused him of spending all the teachers' pensions fund or, or investing in some bad investments or funneling the money to other places, and it kind of caused a stink. That's where all of this started. So what ended up happening is when the governor was elected four years ago, he promised to try to correct that. And in his heart, I think he thought that he could. He made fun of the previous governor or really seriously criticized the previous governor because of things that he thought he had done to the teacher's pension fund. And let's face it, you guys know how important that teacher's fund is today. Uh, Some of you that are subbing are probably retired teachers and you're getting the pension money. Some of you are very close to some teachers. I'm married to one. I hear this story every day. So I'm very, I guess the word's empathetic to what they are feeling. So that's part of the story in Kentucky. So this new governor was trying to correct that. In doing so, uh, he did some things that kind of made the teachers upset. He was trying to do some things with the pension fund that made that some of the teachers feel like that maybe they wouldn't get some of the money they were promised when they, uh, you know, when they retire from teaching. He also started talking about some things that maybe new teachers would start going to. It, there's there's several different kinds of, of pension funds. He was considering making new teachers go to the kind of fund that you basically put money in an investment, kind of like a 401k, if you know what that is. And again, I, I am not trying to get too complicated here, but he was thinking about doing that. And in doing so, you know, at that time, as I was trying to listen to him from a business standpoint, on one side, I understood why the teachers were upset. They thought they were going to lose some of their retirement. I also understood from his side He's a business guy, and I know, I think maybe at least at that time, he thought maybe he would be able to do something, so he set out to do that. Maybe, so far, so good. Some teachers were upset, but, you know, I was thinking, well, if you can show them that they this will not happen to them, and if you can actually get some money transferred back into the pension fund— Maybe you can win those teachers back over. Now, rightfully so, some of the teachers were upset. They decided to march on Frankfurt, which is where our governor, uh, where our government is in this state. That's the state capital. They started uh, marching. Now, you know, the governor at that time could 
You know, he could have just said, I'm glad that they are exercising the right to do that, that we have in the state of Kentucky, that we have as a country. Well, that didn't quite happen that way. And our governor started to make some comments. Now, first, before I give you the comments, let me back up and make sure I have covered things I left some stuff out that I actually meant to mention in the beginning. The previous governor, the one that this governor thought had given everything away, his son was the attorney general. And basically, at this point, every move that our governor tried to make since he had made the previous governor mad or our attorney general's father, uh, you know, he'd cut down our attorney general's father, the attorney general would just sue him and tie it up so that none of that ever happened. So that gives you a feel for the relationship between our attorney general and our governor. So that's what happened there. Now, here's what our governor chose to do. Instead of telling the teachers that he respects their right to march on Frankfurt, he he never really tried to assure them that he would be successful. He just did it and was hoping they would see that someday. So one of the quotes he mentioned in April 2018, shortly after they had marched on Frankfurt, was this. And I've got it written down exactly so that I don't misquote it. He basically called the teachers remarkably, let me start over so I can use the quote. He basically called the teachers, quote, remarkably selfish and short-sighted. And then he claimed they were, quote, throwing a temper tantrum and that they they were highly educated but very uninformed. Now, let's face it. You guys have taught. You guys are substitute teachers. We do it for the love of the kids. We still want to be paid fairly. You know, teachers are underpaid anyway. So if there's anyone that insults you, especially when it concerns what you do and how you get paid, you know, you got to admit, these teachers were probably going to be upset about that. I know how my wife felt about it. I know all the teachers that I came in contact. I've substituted for about a year now, so I know how they felt about it. I am Facebook friends with a lot of teachers that are very vocal about it. So that's where we were at this point. So I guess things escalated for a few months, and then I'm going to give you the next quote that our governor said in November of 2018. Quote, breaking the backs of the teachers union is going to be one of the best things that ever happened for Kentucky. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody said that about your union or about your profession, that's probably going to rub you the wrong way. And of course, now we have two strikes against the governor. And as you can imagine, the teachers are ridiculing him more and more. So, that's where we are now. So I'm going to read you one final quote. There have been others, but maybe this particular one caught, you know, repulsed the teachers probably the most of anything that he said. And again, just from a non-political standpoint, I'm not sure if maybe he could do something for the pension fund someday and maybe get things straightened out. But He didn't really think about what he was saying publicly, and he appeared to be very spur of the moment. Here's what he said in April of this year, 2019, quote, I guarantee you somewhere in Kentucky today, 
a child was sexually assaulted that was left at home because there was nobody to watch them. He then said, quote, I guarantee you somewhere today a child was physically harmed or ingested poison because they were left alone because a single parent didn't have any money to take care of them. So not directly at teachers, but still some comments that teachers took to heart because maybe they were, he was kind of implying that when teachers, you know, March on Frankfurt, and I remember those days, They a lot of the schools had to cancel classes because they couldn't find enough substitutes to cover. That's kind of where he was going with that those remarks, and I hope those remarks surprised you because they certainly did me. And then finally, more recently, as they were debating here the last few months about the governorship, the last thing he said that I want to tell you guys was, quote, no, nothing that I have said about educators do I regret. So that's where we were. That's what our teachers were facing in the state of Kentucky. They were upset about their pension. They were upset about what had been said about them. You know, you guys, the kids love the teachers. The kids love the substitutes. The teachers are very important in all of our lives. And it's just unfortunate that that part of the discussion had come to that. So I think you can probably tell who was going to decide to run against this governor. He could have gotten a second term, but that very same attorney general, the one whose father was governor before our current governor, the one who was the attorney general and basically sued our governor to stop anything that he tried to do that he thought that shouldn't be done. You know, a little that might have been spiteful because of the way his father was treated. But regardless, that's what we had going on. So you can probably guess that the attorney general thought that he could get the teachers on his side, as well as others, and give our current governor a run for his money on the election. And election day was this past Tuesday. So let me remind you where we are in Kentucky again. This is a very conservative voting state, typically. They are registered Democrats, the majority, but they typically convert very, uh, vote very conservatively. We had a lot of offices on the ballot this time. And let me tell you before we lead into the governor's results that every office was voted on as we would have expected in the state of Kentucky. The conservative candidates won. So that's where we were in all of the non-governor races, the conservative elections, those running a conservative on the conservative party won. So now we're getting ready to talk about can the, the teachers affect the election? I mean, let's face it, teachers need to be heard, but they're not the majority of the state. Do the other parts of the state agree with them? If they agree with them, do they actually support them? That's what we had to find out at this election. So as the day was progressing on Election Day, I the first time I glanced was early afternoon, and I noticed that our current governor had about a 4.4% lead in the votes. So I'm thinking that maybe he's going to get elected after all. Keep in mind that as most states, the bigger counties, the ones with the larger population, are usually the last to report and be turned in. So that's where we were at that point. 
So we're still thinking, you know, can our teachers make a difference in the governmental race? So here we go. We get to the end of the election day. Over 1.5 million votes were cast. That's pretty good in Kentucky. We don't we basically have two, maybe two and a half times that in our total population. So one or I should say registered vote voters. There was 1.5 million votes cast. And at the end of the day, the attorney general became our new governor. He won by less than 5,000 votes. So it's obvious that the teachers are the ones that elected our new governor. They rose to the occasion. They found a common cause. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to agree or disagree with anybody, but I think it was very impressive that our teachers were able to make this happen. I mean, if it was only a less than a 5,000 vote difference, you know, that was basically the teachers pushing that governor over the top. It's kind of funny in our, in my particular County, there was about, I think it was like maybe 20,000 votes cast and the new governor won by 70 votes. So it was very close that's why I'm saying that the teachers rose to the occasion and elected the new governor. Now, let's forget all of the political discussion. All I really wanted to say is this. I am thankful that our teachers stood up for themselves. I am thankful that when they united, even though they don't agree with each other all the time, when they unite in a common cause, they can get things done. As you might expect, the election was so close that they're probably going to recount, be, be recounting votes all the way into Inauguration Day. So let's do this, though. Let's be thankful that we have teachers that are willing to stand up for their students. They were willing to march on Frankfurt to get things done. They wanted to know that, I mean, they didn't even make it an issue that they're underpaid. I mean, our teachers are underpaid. Teachers everywhere are underpaid for what they do. They change the lives of these kids. I hope as a substitute, I can do a small part of what a full-time teacher does. I hope you know, my goal is to change the lives of these kids, too. I'm glad that I've gotten close to a lot of teachers. I'm glad I've gotten close to coaches. All of that group was united in this effort, and it's basically changed the state of Kentucky. So if you live in an area and you need some things to happen, I know that teachers can unite and get things done. Kentucky is a perfect example of that. So I hope I haven't bored you too much with today's episode. I want the overall theme to be that teachers can have their voice heard. They do make a difference. I'm glad that my grown kids had great teachers. I'm glad that my grandchildren, my oldest of which is six years old, she loves her teachers right now. I'm glad that my son-in-law is involved in the teaching and coaching profession. I'm glad that I'm married to a teacher. And I'll be honest with you, you've heard this from me before. I am glad that I'm retired from accountant being an accountant and that I can work with these kids every day. It bothers me. It bothered me on election day that I didn't have some kids to go, you know, go teach that day. Bothers me a little bit, you know, when I went to the volleyball tournament that I was giving up a day teaching kids because I'm really close to them. 
I love them. I hope they love me. They act like they do. They act like they're happy to see me coming. So whenever you have the chance in your district, in your area, don't just think that we'll never get anything done. We're just a bunch of teachers. Rise to the occasion. Unite as teachers. And I think you will be amazed at what you can get done if you just do that. And you're going to have the substitutes approval too. So count on that. So I hope we've all learned that in that respect today. Remember, next week, I sure hope I hit this interview done on Sunday because I know how much you like student interviews. The podcast is going so well. I, I, I just can't, I wouldn't have imagined when we first started this almost six months ago. We're coming up on episode 26 in just a few more months. So, you know, I, I'm glad that it's gone well and that you're enjoying it. And I can't wait to get all these interviews started. And finally, me not yapping so much and me getting, you know, information from you guys about what you want to talk about. So I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. We'll get back to some interviews next week. This has been episode 21 of Substitute Teachers Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.